There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. plushcare.com slash weight loss. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Welcome to the Inspired Evolution, a show dedicated to helping you live a life that's empowered with a love for life. This is your humble host, Amrit Sandhu, and today I have the immense pleasure of welcoming Ryan Creed. How are you going, brother? I'm very well. Thanks for having me, Amrit. Ah, man, it is such a treat to have you here. Um, Just quickly dialing in. So, in your bio, what I've got is, whilst working in a flying fly-out health professional job in Western Australia, you co-founded Lifecycle in 2015. Yeah, and I'm super intrigued to see where this came out of because you did this with your mate, Julian Mitchell. Um, The pair of you were unsatisfied with society's disconnect to growing food and linked this to problems associated with nutrition, well-being, the environment and community, all points that I'm really excited to touch on. Ryan, was obviously you were born in Melbourne um, and you've been on a mushroom movement over the last few years, setting up a coffee waste mushroom farm in Fremantle, but also now Noosa, which just recently happened. Congratulations on that, brother. Um, And Byron Bay. Um, and your mission is now to replicate this life cycle coffee waste model in all corners of the globe and inspire new attitudes towards waste products, food production, and mushrooms. So yeah, that is... I'm so excited to dive into this today. Awesome yeah. to have you here, brother. Thank you so much. Thanks, mate. Yeah. yeah, brilliant. So first of all, let's dive straight into it. Magic mushrooms. Yeah, so people are like tripping out on all these products. Like, yeah? yeah, that's that's a common question. Are they magic? We like to say, well, they yeah. taste magic. Yeah. Um, you know, and... There's a psychedelic mushroom and there's a variety of different medicinal mushrooms and edible mushrooms that we love to introduce to people and raise the profile of, of these for health and for the environment. Yeah, because I noticed on your, like, I love your packaging as well, um, but just, you've know, like, you've written on every single one, which is 100% legal, which is just <laughs> like, I'm absolutely, I'm yeah. totally digging that, yeah. totally digging that. Magic coffee, like, have yeah. you ever tried magic coffee? Often the answer is no. Mm. Don't worry, it's 100% legal. That always gets a laugh. (laughs) (laughs) It's brilliant. Because I've noticed um, there's other people in this space, especially because we were talking before, just before we got started, um, but medicinal mushrooms, like, there's a lot of people that I've noticed that are in this space, um, but they don't really, they they sort of like try and disconnect themselves from the whole, oh yeah, there's that psychedelic mushroom thing Mm. going on as well, which... Obviously, you know, you've totally owned that sort of like, yeah, it's, it's not that, <laughs> which I really, I really appreciate that sort of yeah. 
just laxed vibe about the whole thing. Yeah, it's, it's, a, it's a fun gag. It's a fun gag. <laughs> <laughs> so how did... um? So yeah, in that sort of relaxed vibe, like obviously, you know, your bio said it touched on it a little bit. Um, but yeah, you you and your mate um, basically flying in and out, mm-hmm. Western Australia, you know, FIFO. Um, not the easiest gig either, um, especially in Australia. So, yeah. you know, what, what what happened? Where was this? Was this a conversation or there was... What happened here? Yeah. What, we were, we were flying in and out of Parabadoo, so a regional yeah. town in Western Australia. And we were doing nutrition talks. We were doing one-on-one coaching with guys and girls about yeah. their health status. Um, these, these people are working 12-hour shifts, night and day. They're disconnected to growing food in many ways. Mm-hmm. And we discovered after running a veggie patch challenge for the community that people were growing food for the very first time, coming showing us photos of beautiful tomato plants and basil um, with the look on their face that was indescribable and too hard to ignore. Yeah, right. So, so we're, we're just churning away at all these gym programs. You know? <laughs> you know, are, you, are you going for a run after work? Are you on the treadmill? All these traditional boring approaches to improving your health. Uh-huh. And we, we quickly realized that if we can connect people to growing their own food, they would be eating healthier, it would be chemical-free, yeah. um, it would be an achievement, it would be like owning a pet, seeing it grow, yeah. um, supporting it, watering it, and learning about something new. And um, people were ready to, to have this interaction with their food? What we recognized is because the simple steps was the introduction, planting some, some tomato seeds at the right time of the year yeah. was hard not to grow them well. Yeah, 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 yeah. We don't, we, we don't, um, we don't expect that people are going to go out and just, you know, do huge veggie gardens and yeah. grow all different kinds immediately. But the simplicity was what was an introduction. Mm-hmm. Um, so we thought, wow, and we and we spent weeks and weeks and weeks um, after this veggie patch challenge, challenge, um, brainstorming on how we can commercialize it or how we can. How can, you, how can you get more people to growing their own food yep. in society, not just in the town that we were working in? Sure. Um, Why was that so important to you in terms of trying to get it not just insulated to... Because, you know, I guess many people have these pet projects, which they, you know, they love doing, mm. um, and it becomes their little personal thing with their workplace or whatnot. Yep. Why was it so um, important to you that this wasn't just an insulated event. Yeah. Um, why was it, you know, you, it seems like quite clearly from the outset, you were like, okay, if we can turn this into like a monetized thing, it can mm. reach further. Correct. Why yeah. was that important it, to you? It was important because we knew that this incident wasn't just relevant to the guys in the mines. Yeah. You know, this was something that was evident in our time when we were spending in Perth. Uh-huh. So, we were, you know, we were on an eight-day-on, six-day-off roster. So during our six days off... We had a, an enormous amount of time and energy towards running projects in the city. Yeah. Um, something we realised up in, the, in a regional town was was obvious in the cities as well. Ah. Yeah. Cities, and and school children. Okay. School children. So that, I mean, that's that's an, quite that's, a diverse that's, that's, range of yeah 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 yeah. yeah. Um, so that, so that was our that was our mission to to monetize it because mm-hmm. in the world we live in to get um, to get real impact on a large scale it needs to be financial it needs to be commercialized yeah um, for what we believe in this in this state of our model for growing food in urban spaces uh-huh. growing food at home uh-huh. um, we need to quickly um, appeal to the to the mainstream society in corporations schools the media. 
to get fast uh, recognition sure. um, of growing food uh, in local spaces and growing it at home. Yeah, powerful stuff. Powerful stuff. Yeah, I'm really, um, I'm really intrigued. It's just to give you a little bit of background about me, something that you perhaps didn't know was studying my um, my PhD on vertical gardens in the urban environment. Ah. So trying to bring green back into the city. Um, and in this pursuit, there's been all of this research that I've been diving into in terms of urban um, urban farming. Mm-hmm. And you've created an urban farm, yeah, like you crowdfunded an urban farm in Fremantle. Yeah. How was like? How did? What was that like? Okay, so first of all, like you've got the passion behind it, and now you've got all these people that are vying into your project. How like that must feel amazing. It was it was indescribable. Yeah, yeah. purely indescribable. Pinching ourselves, we still are pinching ourselves. Yeah, um, that was two years ago. Mm. Um, the, the amount of people that want to help towards that uh, movement, yeah, is phenomenal. Like, uh, I can't believe it. I can't believe it. everyone wants to support the movement. Everyone wants to come and help. Uh, it, it's overwhelming. Um, yeah, if you're starting in Fremantle and. Um, there was local cafes that were getting in touch that wanted to donate their coffee grounds. Yeah. Um, a waste product that we started growing mushrooms from. Mm-hmm. Um, there was, uh, during a crowdfunding campaign, so many people from overseas and from interstate that were supporting a movement so far away from them. Yeah. But they must have recognised the power it could help move society forward. Um, wow. That we were just shocked by. So... I'm missing something here for myself is that, so you went from introducing people to growing their own food, yeah, and then you just touched on it then, is like now we're, now you're using a, a, a waste product or not so much, a, yeah, a waste product like mm. the coffee grinds to help grow the food. Yeah. So where, like, where did that connection for the people to their food also become this connection to waste products and utilizing that? The yeah. right way. Yeah. Like, where did that come so from? you know, straight after this veggie patch realization moment, mm-hmm. um, we we were really exploring aquaponics. Ah, yeah. And yeah, hydroponics. Yeah, 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 yeah. Cool. So enabling people to grow in urban spaces in apartments mm-hmm. who didn't have land space for growing fresh. Can you share quickly just what aquaponics are? Because I think that'll be a quick sort of yeah, awesome yeah. download. Yeah, so aquaponics is when there is a fish in a, in a, in a pond mm-hmm. um, and the fish waste, so the poo, goes up into the top of the section in, in the water, which the plants then utilise that nutrients for growth. Mm-hmm. So it's a, it's a loop of um, a cycle of nutrients and growth um, and waste products. Perfect little life cycle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's right, yeah, exactly. And, you know, and, and, and hydroponics are the exact, exact same system but you add nutrients to the water um, mm-hmm. because the fish isn't there providing that. Sure. Yeah. Sure. Yeah. Like everybody's got a fridge and a TV in their house, we dreamed of everyone owning a food growing system. Yep. And was that the inspiration behind the um, the box, the medicinal mushroom, the, yeah. the oyster mushroom box? It was, yeah. It was It was the inspiration towards food with simplicity. And ah. um, whilst, we were, whilst we were working on this massive project, you know, yep. aquaponics growing food, and all the intricacies that comes with that, we thought, hey, let's just start with this mushroom box as just a little side project, you know? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, and, and now it's become your calling card. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Yeah. We saw mushrooms and we haven't turned back, you know? Yeah. Uh, we recognise that it's so much more than a side project and that mushrooms can help grow the world in areas of education, environment, um, happiness and well-being. Yeah. Um, 
plastic solutions. Yep. Leather solutions. Yep. And a list of another 20 So many other <laughs> things. And even with your health, I was um, just because I knew you were coming on, I knew there was so much going on around um, oyster mushrooms with you alone. And then I was really excited to see everything else that tacked on with the medicinal mushrooms. Mm. Um, but even just cholesterol with all the stannins and even like there was research that's gone into like oyster mushrooms benefiting cancer because your immune system mm. um, does so well. And yeah, I just, you know, and, and I was thinking about these little boxes that you, you've been like, you know, just. Because I, I, I got one gifted to me, you know, which yeah. is just this beautiful thing. And it's like, yeah, cool. I've got this little box and it's like got all these amazing health properties. And like someone's shared something that's really beautiful. And then just to sort of think about the vision that went into someone creating this um, was really inspiring. So, yeah, thank you. I'm so that. happy that you received a, a gift like that. A yeah. gi- I mean, we often say it's a gift from nature. Yeah. And it's a gift from your friend who gifted mm. to you and sharing is an amazing opportunity for us all and it's certainly one of life cycle and my personal vision for the future mm. is to be sharing food that we grow um, and and going back to the old days where bartering was more of a system where I've got a lemon tree and you've got an apple tree so we should yeah. be sharing our food and the happiness it brings in that in that moment of sharing um, mm. it, is um, awesome. Yeah, there was someone I had recently on the podcast. He um, he owns a place called the Urban Wellness Project in um, in Ascot Vale. Yeah, um, and he's a naturopath, and he talks a lot about sharing. Um, and for him, sharing was this really cool moment when he realizes that he's compelled to share something. He's like, oh, okay. This is really cool because I can't just contain it to myself. All yeah. of a sudden, he's got this compulsion to want to like spread it, and it's like okay, this must be good because I can't even like, I want to get it out there, you know? Um, Whereas there are certain things that happen to him and he's like, okay, that was good for me, you know? (laughs) So sharing was this cool little litmus that he's onto something almost. Okay. Yeah, I just wanted to share that with you. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it it is contrary to the the way many common beliefs in society runs where we're taking care of our own interests first. Mm. Um, And, you know, the idea about earning money to buy items and possessions for ourselves yep. um, as opposed you know to sharing and and, and sourcing um, or giving inspiration to others through your personal gifts and it's always a reciprocal thing as we can grow together so sharing and this sort of you've touched on the economy here and this is I think the perfect place because I really wanted to better understand this whole idea around the blue economy mm. um, which is you know, uh, I was, I've, I've looked at a couple of examples um, that have come out of the papers that I've looked at before, um, and you literally nailed the example that most most people give. You're literally just living that out, which is, you know, I should probably let you explain the blue economy, but, you know, you, you've got a waste product, and you use that to fill it into other things, and then mm. the, um, more amazing things come out of that, and it's just like, oh, where did all the waste go? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, is that? Yeah, absolutely, and... And that's inspiration from Gunter Pauli, who, who wrote the book, The Blue Economy. Uh-huh. Before Gunter Pauli's inspiration affected us, we were affected by Paul Stamets. Okay. Paul Stamets is the world's leading mycologist. Mm-hmm. He's got patents on phenomenal um, mushroom ideas that can shape the future. We, Julian saw his podcast, uh, sorry, beg your pardon, his um, TED Talk yep. about how mushrooms can save the world and discover that you could grow mushrooms off coffee grounds, yeah. off waste products. And, mm-hmm. that, and that sparked something. Further to that, it was 
Gunter Pauly that's been leaving, leading a movement of turning waste products into resources uh-huh. and closed-loop local um, business models right. that has inspired that way of thinking. So after we started the Mushroom Farm, uh-huh. it wasn't until after we did our crowdfunding campaign in, in Fremantle, we, we bought two sea containers, two reused sea containers to turn reused coffee grounds into local food that would go back to the same restaurants that we collected the coffee grounds from. We, we, I was Googling things about, yeah. about this and discovered Gunter Pauly had written a whole book about the blue economy with, uh, with several business models yep. that, that you can um, finance uh-huh. and support local jobs, support local environment and um, health um, through the blue economy model. So, so, so that's what it is, reusing orange peels to, uh-huh. to create dishwashing liquids and um, reusing coffee grounds to grow mushrooms. Yep. And a variety of other different uh, local business models that that, that that see waste as a resource and not as waste. Is this kind of the space where upcycling comes into the conversation? Have you heard? I've heard this term before, but I've never really ventured across it too many times. But upcycle, yeah, is that where like the waste goes into the next thing? Is that basically yeah, that, a blue that's right. Idea? Fi- finding a next um, another purpose for a product that was previously. Uh, a byproduct of, of another um, purpose. Yeah. It's interesting because before, what I felt you talking to a lot was simplicity, and I really appreciate the simplicity in your products and your vision, what you've what you've put out as well. It's just like clear, it's concise, it's you know you can sort of understand it. You know, it's like this mushroom grew mm. from coffee grounds. Boom, simple. Can you see that? And mm. you can see the. Then you let, let the story tell itself for the individual. Mm. Um, but this blue economy, like. That sounds like it's got a lot of moving parts to it. Mm. Is that that is that as like how does that go? Is that more complicated? You, you're, you're right because I think the blue economy uh, concept and book was written. I, I'm guessing ten ten eight years ago, mm-hmm. um, and to get full adoption of these um, these ideas into our governments and into our cities and things like that is going to take a lot of behaviour change. Uh-huh. Uh, and behaviour change does not happen quickly. Yeah, right. And so it comes back to the people, and that's where you started with. You started connecting people to their food. Yeah. Right. Yeah. My question that I wanted to ask is, in this process of connecting people to their food, um, did you feel like, this is me projecting, <laughs> mm. but did you feel like you invariably ended up connecting people to a part of themselves? It's a really good, it's a really good uh, point of view. Um, I think I think it, it connects people back to their DNA and their roots and their evolution, because we are born to be connected to nature and to food mm. that we grow, and greenery and dirt and substance that we put in our mouth that we are directly direct, directly controlling the growth of. Yep. As opposed to rocking up to a supermarket and picking off food off a shelf and not really understanding that growth process or that disconnect, yeah. dis- disconnect to the history of that food. Mm. What is your food's life story? <clears throat> and it's awesome that more and more we see today the transparency in restaurants and in food companies about the history of, of that food substance because people really want to know and people really care. Because they know how it affects their health. Yeah, there's that whole movement behind farm to farm to plate as well. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, which is 
which is interesting because there's this idea that um, I was hoping to explore with you, happy little segue. Um, the idea that you know eating organic isn't necessarily always the it's a good it's a great option. Yeah, it's a great option, obviously for your health. Um, but eating local is a big part of where you should be sort of directing your energy as well, not just how the food was growing, but where plays a massive factor too, right? Totally, totally. You could be eating organic nuts from California, mm. but are they any better than a local nut that was grown by your friend mm. and that you've seen the plantation? Yeah. Um, and you and you understand the people who are working on that farm and what their wages are or the history behind that. So, of course, you know, there's, there's so much more than to a label mm-hmm. when it comes to food. Um, you'd, in, in, in furthermore, on your, on your question before, does, it, does growing your own food connect people back to themselves? Yeah. Um, I, think, I think there's different stages where people go through um, in their self-development of, of um, connecting to the to ne- connecting to the food, and um, it's it's certainly not a not an easy um, yes or no answer. Mm. Yeah, yeah. I was just pondering. That. Yeah, was it like as you were discussing that? As I was thinking about like just life cycle in the word life cycle, um, and also eating local, and you know, obviously the life cycle of like can, uh, taking waste products and implementing them as the as the grow, like as part of the growing process to mm-hmm. sort of keep things holistic, um, but then also, what I'm tuning into now is the idea that um, also the life cycle of how you're expending your resources in terms of if you're buying local, you touched on, you know your mate who grew those nuts, mm. um, the life cycle of your resources, like the money that you're spending on your food as well, you know exactly where it's going and who it's going to. Yeah. Do you think philosophically that's that's an important part of part of it? Totally, yeah, totally. Okay. We hope that attitudes can be shifted towards recognizing the power of local food and homegrown food mm. um, for so much more than just the nutrient quality in it or what it's titled as. Yeah, yeah. And because that okay, so it's interesting you touch on that because. I spent a long time walking up and down supermarket aisles reading labels. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like I was your typical gym junkie going around and like trying to eat all the like get my micros in, get my macros yeah. in and reading this label and it's like, okay, this has got exactly this many micrograms and grams of this. Yeah. And now I look back and I just laugh at myself because it was like every packet is different, mate. Like at the very least you should have just seen that. Um, but yeah, this whole idea that you know what is on a label can tell me what's good for me. Mm. Um, I think there's that there's that really the way I see it is it's somewhat like poetry when you start growing your own thing. Like I noticed my relationship with the, with the mushroom box it was like ah oh, like you get really invested in it and it's yeah. like oh what is this thing? Yeah, where is it coming yeah. from? What's actually in there? You know? Yeah, and it's not just oh, like oh this label will tell me curiosity yeah curiosity yeah, yeah precisely yeah. precisely is that something you look to foster um, definitely I, I think something that comes to mind on that topic is do you know the feeling that you get when you're in a farmer's market yeah <laughs> yeah and it's indescribable yeah I mean there's a combination of lots of like-minded people from the local area with food they are so passionately proud of uh-huh. to share yeah 
the always a buzz <laughs> in the air. There's great music. Yeah. There's yeah. great people. And that is that is the the vibe I describe as um, optimal in the food world. Oh. A farmer's market of sharing local, fresh, nutrient-rich, chemical-free food yeah. with happiness um, and um, a relaxed kind of state of mind about it. Yeah. And, and, you know, when you... When you're um, reading labels, of course, uh-huh. that's assisting in a lot, a huge way to, to develop well, where my food come from. And the certifications are coming really strict, which is awesome. Yeah. And country of origin and things like that. Um, best before date. There's, there's that aspect of how fresh it is. It, um, mm-hmm. It's probably wrapped in plastic as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so instead of you, you getting a fresh, uh, fresh item that's not in plastic, um, there's another huge benefit for the environment. Um, I just really, I know you were going to say mm. a little bit more, but mm. I get like this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, plastic, yeah, because I've, I absolutely like your packaging's cool. Your packaging's yeah. really cool. Like looking at the medicinal mushrooms, the way they're packaged and stuff. Like the lion's mane, I, I love the lion. Yeah. The lion's mane packaging on that is unreal, and um, like lion's mane and shaga, cool combination as well. Well played. And I'm looking at that, and I'm just like, that's awesome. And then I looked at like, I, obviously the the print grabs you. Um, but then also, just the idea that, oh, it's not plastic, yeah? And I was like, okay, that immediately, like, that immediately brought me one step closer to your product because yep. obviously it was branded Lifecycle. Yeah. And then I was like, and it's not plastic. Whoa, the intention unravels all the way through. And, yeah, I find that super deep, yep. first of all. Um, hats off to you for doing that because I know, especially... Or I would imagine that that would not be the easiest way to go about it because you could have an awesome product and just be like, okay, I've got to get this out there and let me just get it out there and I'll tweak the rest later. But that has not been the case, right? Well, I'll touch on the word intention Mm -hmm. that you mentioned. Lifecycle is not immediately going to solve all the environmental problems. Mm -hmm. It's going to take a collaborative effort and it's going to be taking a step in the right direction to evolve over time. So... In, in every way we can, we use um, socially responsible packaging yep. for recycle, recyclable cardboard um, res- and products that can be biodegradable and um, can give new lives. So we do lots of videos on our website as well about giving our microgreen product another life into a eggshell and growing more food with the, the leftovers, uh-huh. putting the mushroom compost into the right use on your garden, etc., etc., one thing that I still have sleepless nights over is our mind. Many of us have those stubborn pounds that seem impossible to lose, no matter how good we eat or how hard we work out. My solution is Plush Care. Plush Care is a leading telehealth provider with doctors who are there for you day and night to partner with you in your weight loss journey. They can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wagovi and Zepbound for those who qualify. Plus, they accept most insurance plans. To get started, visit plushcare.com slash weight loss. That's plushcare.com slash weight loss. 
Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mushroom box. Our mushroom bags can only grow in plastic, and this plastic is not biodegradable. And I'm not satisfied with the point that's at. Um, yeah. We fungi eats biodegradable plastic that exists at the moment. Okay. Yeah. So currently, the technology we have access to or are aware of, uh-huh. we cannot replace that. Yeah. For for what we're doing. Because you're trying to create an environment that it can stay in and not eat itself through. Fun- fungi is in, is the nature's natural recycler. Yep. It's cleaning up all these um, dead wood, dead um, leaves, mm-hmm. creating new growth and new and new opportunities in the environment. That fungi eats biodegradable plastic. Yep. Um, which is fantastic for other uses, which we can touch on. Uh-huh. But our product currently exists as a plastic that's non-biodegradable. Yep. With the mushroom bags, our other products like the microgreen kits, we're using biodegradable coffee cups that have been reused at schoolies events in Australia that mm-hmm. have been um, collected, yeah. um, washed, sent to the home user with microgreen seeds to grow new plants in in coffee grounds, <laughs> kitchen waste, awesome propagation kits. So we're stoked about that, and that's 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 a really good product that ticks all every box, uh-huh. um, and because those cups can then be home composted in temperatures above fifty degrees for a consistent of ten days. In all Australian climates, that can't be achieved because it's too cold in some areas, sure. and they are required to go to um, commercial composters. Our government and um, the state of our cities at the moment doesn't have commercial composters everywhere. So hey, some of that's going to go to landfill. It's uh-huh. a step in the right direction, and yep. it puts pressure on cities to get these systems. Mm-hmm. So that's that's what keep that's what keeps us satisfied is that we're heading in the right direction. It's intention, totally, and and that we hope that other people observing these models mm-hmm. are going to be putting their efforts into um, creativity and innovation and caring for the environment and 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 looking at the blue economy models. Whilst we are, we know that the science can solve this issue with plastic bags in the mushroom boxes, bags and boxes. Uh-huh. And yeah, I'm throwing out to anyone out there that can contact us with a solution, yeah, because it's a collaborative effort for the right intention that will get where we want to go in the long run. Because so we're doing more good than harm at the moment, but we're not doing, we're not A grade, yeah, yeah. It's interesting to hear your inner process around that because obviously that is dialed in all the way yeah um and i think that's that was awesome to hear you share that just because i think that's really important for for me to sort of see that you know like like i started the conversation it was yeah like um i can see the product and i can see the intention it's brimming with already and just to know that you know there is that perfectionism is probably the wrong word but just that drive to consistently do better is again yeah. super inspirational um so you are doing the best that you can which you know from the outside looking in is it looks amazing yeah it it really 
your message is getting across quite loud and clear, but it's also nice to sort of feel into the idea that behind it there's that massive drive that's pushing it further as well. So, yeah, yeah awesome, awesome. <clears throat> Talking about um, sort of governments getting behind stuff, um, so Noosa, what's going on at Noosa? Because <laughs> they have gotten behind some stuff by the looks of things. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, when we so when we did the Fremantle farm, the um, we were very fortunate that the ABC News did a story uh-huh. that got um, grasped around the east coast and um, throughout Australia. And um, yeah, a um, a very forward thinking man called Michael Bolch. Um, yeah been heavily involved with some sustainable farming and and the likes in wind energy and things like that mm-hmm. currently um just just engage with us and and recognize this opportunity in noosa um where he, he lives at part time part of part of the year and um so you know i love the intention and it was the early stages when we were doing the Fremantle farm so it wasn't it was a risk from his behalf, but totally. he he wanted a part. So so we supported um, the construction of an of an urban farm up in Noosa, yeah. um, which which now grows. Um, I think I think on average eighty kilos of, of oyster mushrooms a week for fresh um, for restaurants in Noosa, uh-huh. um, and that's a replica model of our Fremantle farm um, that we have now got so close to fine-tuning that we can replicate in so many more cities across the globe. Yeah. <laughs> that must excite the, like, the living daylight. It, it does. Man, like. It does. Yeah. It, it's phenomenal to think at little effort and little resources, you can grow the most sustainable protein in the world yep. off a waste product, and it can be done in all corners of the globe because there's so much coffee waste out there and so much need for, for consumption of mushrooms. So how does one get to all this rapid inspiration, which I can just see just pouring out of you right now, yeah? Which is like the potential is literally just amazing. Um, to something that was just an idea back in your head like two years ago, mm. yeah? Like does that sort of, like how, think, do, you ever, do you ever like get, like do you ever ground into that for a second and just go, whoa, man, like this is a bit of an unreal sort of ride? I think moments like this when... I'm so grateful to be invited to, to speak on your podcast is when it... I'm honored to have you here, brother, yeah. <laughs> It's when, it's when it ta- it's when it actually you have that moment of recognizing the position because two years ago we were working on the mines had never done a business had never grown food uh-huh. particularly never grown a mushroom um, yeah to you know looking for global um, expansion um, you don't have time you you, well, you don't it takes discipline to stop and smell the roses and appreciate the point you're at and mm. and um, it doesn't happen often. Oh, I'm very um, grateful to be able to provide the opportunity <laughs> to do you. that and thank just you. for everyone to sort of hear that as well. I think that's, um, especially for the listeners of the show, I think that's exactly the kind of um, the kind of inspiration, the inspired evolution is all about, you know, and the hearing like, you know, two years ago you'd never grown a mushroom mm. and now you're out here living a life that's, you know, spreading awareness about something you're so passionate about and mm. how you've made that your current reality. Um, it's it's a colla- it's a collaborative effort of everyone. We I mean I, I we probably have uh, you know a core group of forty to fifty people mm-hmm. that has been strongly involved with life cycles um, development, which would have been nothing if it was just all you know left to Julian and myself. Yeah. Um, totally, we're motivated to make big changes in the world, and that won't change. Mm-hmm. But nothing's achievable without the support of everybody and the collaborative effort. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful message. 
a really powerful message. Just um, I think most entrepreneurs or people that are starting out on their own journey generally feel like it's it's theirs and like their their idea is their baby, um, which for the most part it it is. Um, but I think people really undervalue just another head in the game or just another pair of arms and legs and just when people like yeah just feeling into your vision and just like what that does for morale as well um sort of off kilter but like I um you know I've I've had some like like in the past there was some stuff mentally that you know I went through depression for a while and I remember that the biggest thing was just coming back to realizing that oh my god there are so many people in this together and there are so many Mm -hmm. people working in this like life mm. together mm-hmm. and just the, the idea that we can all share in our each other's experiences and that contribution was the most healing thing mm-hmm. um, and I'm just really feeling again the same vibe of just that contribution that sharing um, how has that been I guess in that similar vein for, for yourself obviously you mentioned um, in your bio that you were dissatisfied with your FIFO gig with your flying in and flying out um, and then building a community um, and now having your support network around your passion um yeah how does how does that all you know what's that journey been like how does it mm. you know like the inner world of that and what's what's that been for you like how does that light you up or what what have you learned along the way yeah I, I always saw um FIFO work flying in and out as an opportunity to build something for the future it was never it was never um a job that I was going to be in the long run um mm. It could Age have been, to an end. It, yeah. It, it was it was an opportunity um, to have six days off a fortnight, a solid income, yeah. Um, to build something. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was working on a health business at the time. Brilliant. Um, at w- at which I s- quickly learned that I was working on a health business for the in a area of passion that ignored the customers' needs, um, and. Yeah. And learned through trial and error there. Um, what was it facilitating if it was ignoring the customer's need? Do you mind me asking? You? It was facilitating a minority um, group of health products yep. um, that that couldn't um, couldn't get legs to get um, financially commercial um, that could support me or grow fast enough for the for the desires I had at the time. Sure. Um, and I didn't have I didn't have the idea behind the food growing connection and chemical free food produce area until we did the veggie patch challenge um but yeah so throughout that process mining taught me that um it's not a means to the to an end Mm -hmm. and um that it was an opportunity to really get my ass into gear in my mid-20s um and and make something happen quickly Mm -hmm. and julian mitchell my co-founder had exactly the same mentality so we were a match made in heaven for that yeah yeah something that just emerged to me was you know this is me getting out on a bit of a woo-woo tangent but um i wonder if because initially you said that the idea that was um that you had wasn't shareable yep um and obviously this idea that you've got is massive and it's not just shareable but it's in demand it's needed it's required yeah um the i guess I'm just going to have to go there, but the spiritual Mm. side of me sort of looks at it and goes, I wonder if, you know, the idea initially didn't take off Mm. or, you know, it didn't get the traction that it needed because it was, it was too incubated. Mm. And when you, when you're trying to provide a service to a community on a larger scale, naturally it's going to thrive because of, you know, that is 
I look at it as something spiritual, but even the economy and the markets of it all, like that's kind of what's needed, right? You need to provide people with, like you said, what people need. Exactly. Exactly. Listen to the customer first Mm. and listen to what... There's also the aspect of give them what they want. Sorry. Give them what they need, sell them what they want. Um, Because it wasn't until we started um, the crowdfunding campaign... Mm -hmm which was a massive leverage to spreading a message through media and, and for a while. We just got immediate customer feedback. Yeah, It yeah, was immediate yeah. market research. Real time. People are yeah. voting with their dollars <laughs> in real time. Yeah. yeah. So we didn't have to conduct, um, go out and do product samples and changes and all that. In 30 days, we raised $30,000. Which is phenomenal. Like, yeah, fever. The, the city of Fremantle um, put in $15,000 if yeah. we were to match match it by raising $15,000 with the public. Brilliant. Um, so we quickly um, were kind of changing tact and understanding, um, what, what, listening to everybody about what they loved and and the power of turning waste into food. Mm. And, and we got all this feedback about mushrooms and, and, and community projects and school fundraising. Yeah. Because um, one of our ideas was that we could replace chocolate boxes with mushroom boxes for fundraising drives. Here he goes. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. It's like, would this be adopted? And yep. Absolutely. It was, it was a reward in our crowdfunding campaign for schools and communities to connect to this money-raising project for their projects, uh-huh. often, a, often a veggie garden or a playground or something that we would certainly support a, 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 na- a natural connection to. Um, and these kind of this kind of feedback it just immediately drove our direction in the right in the right way. That's brilliant. So at some point you're sitting there, you've got this idea, and then you also notice that there's a government grant that's supporting the vision that you already want to want to head in. Is that yeah. kind of like, yeah, let's g up and let's keep going? With it's, it's actually really funny um, how that all came up. Yeah. Um, so well before before we started life cycle, um, and we were looking for all kind of projects in in our days off, mm. um, a friend. Um, a friend's father had created this system where he had found exercise bikes off the side of the road, uh-huh. used exercise bikes and washing machines. Yeah. And he took the washing machine motors out of the used washing machines, connected them to bikes, created a people-powered cinema. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So, so the audience of 20, uh, 10 people would yeah. be cycling on these... Exercise bikes from the eighties with washing machine motors on them, yes. creating electricity into into batteries into a screen yeah. system and sound system and um, projector to fuel their entertainment. <laughs> <laughs> Phenomenal! So yeah. he started this, um, and he and he wasn't he very passionate um, towards sustainability and mm-hmm. inventions, and had a lot on his plate and wasn't so interested in like running a heap of cinemas and commercialising it. We we're like. Hey, we'd really like to get involved. So, so it evolved that we were we started running these cinemas uh-huh. um, and getting communities in grasslands and things like that, and showing sc- screenings and yeah, and things like that. And, cool. and all the local um, councils were really supporting it. Um, so the local council in Fremantle contacted us saying, "Hey, there's a crowdfunding campaign you guys should go for to to raise the profile of your cinema, um, oh. and, you know, and improve it." Because it was, you know, it was, it was early days inventions and things. Yeah, yeah. And um, so that's a really good idea. But we've got another idea about mushroom farms. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, right. 
so that's where the crowdfunding and the Fremantle and community aspects all, all tied in um, mm. through these cinemas that were community-based, yep. which we had the same positive response to. Sure. Um, very popular Earth Hour and things like that when all yep. the lights were off. Uh-huh. We still power it. And um, that was that was our initial kind of connection to community and it just, it just everything happened real quickly from that. Yeah, that's brilliant. I'm so glad to just hear just a bit deeper into the story of where this all came from just because... It feels like you've been contributing good work. Um, obviously, everybody is, but um, like contributing good work consciously on a on a larger scale. Not just there was a story before the boxes as well, which is a very different trajectory to where this is. Mm. But um, yeah, again, we just start looking back in terms of how, like, there's that old Steve Jobs quote, right? Like looking back, the dots like line up. Yeah. Looking forward, it's like, oh. where is this all going? Yeah. <laughs> like, totally. Yeah, I'm sure you've had those moments. Yeah. Yeah, brilliant. Um, <laughs> So I if I, I had this one question because every time I looked at what you were doing mm. um was just like ah it's so good it's so good cuz my like I love the idea that you're passionate and you're in service yeah like it's passionate and it's service you're contributing and mm. we're sharing and if you had to pick one passion or service yeah which one would you pick for for what like like <laughs> to put my energy into it yeah if I had to pick passion or service does I don't can you serve without being passionate? I, That's a brilliant answer. <laughs> yes, <laughs> wicked, love it, love it. Yeah, yeah that's answered. <laughs> brilliant. Um, so also just um, grounding in, like also I remember that on your on your website it's www.lifecycle.com. Yeah, yep. so, uh, spelled C Y K E L. Yep. Yeah. Dot com. Um, you've got a little blog space as well, which you've been sort of documenting your journey, mm. which. Um, which had been really cool. Was that always part of the like? Was that always your seed intention to document the process for you as well? Because it's 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 really cool. Like similar to what we're doing here, we're obviously exploring it in conversation. But mm. you can literally dial up and there's this little timeline, and it's like, yep, this is when I got to quit my job because <laughs> I went and did awesome stuff. You know, like yeah, I think um, I think that's another example of listening to what um, people want, and you know, we're just so lucky for the media that's come with it, mm. and it's the same question that comes every time. Um, we're just so enthralled with the story and how did that happen and, and why and when and like, oh, well, let's create a page on the website where we document our learnings and our timelines and our milestones mm-hmm. so people can um, follow where where the idea was born and the intention behind that. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Yeah, deep. So this was going to be my next question, which was, so if you had to give someone advice in terms of, what would be the number one thing that they need to dial into in terms of providing a service, which mm. I can feel like I already know the answer just based on what you've been saying, but what would be that, that like just that number one sit down, take this and go sort of yep. like piece of advice. Yep. If I want to contribute something to society, what's your, what's your little nugget? Yeah. Don't be, uh, don't be restricted by rules. Don't be restricted by social expectations. Don't be restricted by um, society's expectations or the way it was done yesterday, the way our parents did it, the way our parents wanted to do it, mm-hmm. the, the the models of the past and what our universities would suggest or just go and do what you feel right and take action and learn quickly. Mm-hmm. I think we could probably, Julian and I would probably relate most of that in the way we did the cinema and the crowdfunding and then left our comfortable mining job that paid well yeah 
with not much money in our bank account, with the with the passion and the energy towards the goals we wanted to achieve, mm-hmm. with not a particular plan on how it would happen, but a feeling of confidence sure. um, in taking action. Yeah. Brilliant. Thank you for that. I just want to ask as well, like, I don't think I'd be doing your story justice if I didn't go there, was um, just the, the one-on-one, like, obviously, I've got this old saying um, that comes from my mother. <laughs> She's getting her 15 minutes of fame here. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's uh, the idea that one and one are not two. Um, she always told me that, and it was normally because I was getting into trouble, yeah. but it was one and one is 11. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously you and Julian being in this together from the outset um, and obviously having passion to contribute together, that must be like just, you know, like you pinch yourself about many things, but how does that even equate in the whole game I, lo- I love that concept one and one is eleven um, it it's exactly right mm. and um, we have we have thought about that process of co-founding company and things and compared it to other and spoken to people about that and they say oh how do you deal with when you fight or when you have disagreements and looked at other businesses of, that have um, been separated through co-founders and we just think we are so so lucky that we always see eye to eye uh sorry no we don't see eye to eye but we always see a positive solution to anything we disagree on for the better of life cycle and don't have any personal connections or grudges um julian my relationship is like tighter than anything Mm. it's it's, it is a marriage you know it's like we you know we're in each other's pocket and we're driving towards the same goal with the support of everyone else's skills around us Mm. in the in the in the vast life cycle team um, Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Must make you, I don't know, I guess I get all existential when I look at this, but I just really feel like, you know, that's kind of the universe giving me a pat on the back, just going, yeah, dude, like, you're doing good work. Team, teamwork over individuality every time. Yeah. Yeah. Brilliant. One of the questions that I love finishing on, which I can't wait to hear your response to, is um, so, um, oh, no, there's, not, there's one more question, one more question, one more question. So, New York, New York. Massive Times Square Gardens. You've got one billboard. Yeah. yeah. Billboard, so concise. Yeah. <clears throat> you get to program design this billboard. Yeah. What are you writing on it? Wow, New York. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that energy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. What am I writing on a billboard in New York? Wow, I, f- I, feel, I feel like the perfectionist kind of mindset in, in my natural tendency is thinking... I want to. I want to get this billboard exactly right. I can't. Think, I can't produce this billboard right yeah, now. Yeah, yeah. we need a team about the end. You know, and it, it's something that Pete Evans says. Actually, he says, "Grow food, not lawns." Brilliant. And that's something that just springs to mind. Yeah. Grow food, not lawns. Perfect. Perfect. Thank you for that. Yeah, I love it. Mm. <laughs> um, and then, so this is existential. Who are you? Beyond your beyond your story, beyond your identity, mm. like what's what's going on back there? Who, who am I? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Who am I? Um, I'm I'm someone that's come from a very um, happy childhood, supportive childhood, um, connected to playing football. For the first 22 years of my life, I was trying to play AFL. Yep. That meant everything to me. I thought that was be all and end all. Mm-hmm. 
um, a good education um, that has made a shift towards happiness for social change, social mm-hmm. influence. Yeah. Um, and that's me so far. I mean, that's my history. Um, what's to come is unknown. I have I have dreams for connecting people with food and raising the prof- profile of resourcefulness. Mm-hmm. And that's and that's probably a, a brief summary. <laughs> that's awesome. Radio. All right, so here at the Inspired Evolution, I totally appreciate what you've been up to if you haven't been able to tell. Um, and I was super excited to have you on because, A, like like I said, medicinal mushrooms have been a massive part of my life and all the, like, you know, for the, for the last two to three years of my own journey of health. And it's been really cool to sort of, like, tune in today to sort of feel into that you'd started with a journey of health for you as well and just sort of seeing that it's not just about your own health but also the health of the planet and sort of contributing that on like on a massive level and just how passionate you are about that and then just the intention just getting real clear on that that was that was super potent and I really enjoyed um just the I think if I could share something really deeply with it with like the message that I'm really hoping people feel into is just simplicity as well you know like getting strong in your intention but then also the simplicity and what you're putting out there just so that you know that can tell its own story is yeah is really beautiful and uh, so I really want to thank you for who you are. And uh, yeah, my favorite thing to say at the end of the show is that, you know, we're super, 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 super inspired by just this human journey and the way it unfolds. And you are totally on one, brother. And I wish you all the best on yours. Yeah. <laughs> thank you. Me. Imagine the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. That's what you'll feel with Bowling Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowling Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlingBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 